hello and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tormented Space. Oh, you're joined once again by, by I'm, I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. Oh, I'm a little bit flabbergasted because we've just come off the end of season four. Yes, there was a lot of torment going on there. So what are we to do? What are we to do? Well, I honestly didn't even have it in me to to go looking at Terra Firm Escapers, where I would normally run, 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 run. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm sure that there were some, some stories uh, involving this uh, sudden plot development, I'd say. Yeah. I, I, I remember those days when there was just a lot of... A, a lot of emotions, a lot of, a lot yeah. of really big emotions, and a lot of uh, sort of statements and possibly like threats being made <laughs> to whoever people thought was responsible or oh, themselves. Fair enough, yes, but none of that. I mean, I, I can imagine that there was a lot of discourse about the uh, what does it mean? They said final episode, but it says to be continued. Yeah. In fact, you did promise me that we would get onto the uh, little bit of uh, what was happening in the fan community about, I believe you said that a massive fan campaign got started up to... Oh, yeah, we can delve into that. That's called Save Farscape. Uh-huh. It was a pretty substantial effort. Of course, every cancelled show has, yeah. a, has a fan base and that tries things. But I remember there was a website. Oh, my God, let's see if I can find this live. This is going to be great audio. Well, I mean, I, I remember that happening after... Uh... Nope. No, that's that's just a random it's a random video. Oh, I that's prob- that. That, that's probably because I I know it's that like weird thing that like if you're watching YouTube Shorts and then you open another tab, then it starts playing your YouTube Shorts again, which is really super annoying. Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah, so you kind of have to like kill just kill that YouTube tab. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's dead. Uh, okay, it's right. not immediately coming up here, so I'll have to figure that out for the uh, the season four recap that we're doing next. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like. Picketing of sci-fi channel, like sending faxes and snail well, I mean, mail. The same thing kind of happened with uh, Elita Battle Angel, wasn't it? Oh yes, a much more recent campaign that uh, right. our friend Bostitch, who uh, I think he religiously participated into that for. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's done a few uh, fan synopsis, I think. Yeah, he has. So yes, he religiously posted a picture of a orange with a bite taken out of it like on his Twitter for like <laughs> I think a year or something. I he think was, more than he, that. He was always carrying an orange around at that point. <laughs> Keeping the flame alive. Absolutely. And like I mean like I did hear this excited exploding sound coming from the direction of his house earlier this week when it was I announced that another two episodes are actually going to be made. I thought it was a sonic boom. I thought oh yeah. is the Concorde flying again? No, no. There is uh, at least the glimmer of hope mm. of the Alita sequel that they were clamoring for so hard. Yeah, I I tell you honestly, like my my one of my favorite like experiences in the cinema was going to see Alita Battle Angel again with him. Yeah, and it was like his twelfth time, maybe sixteenth. Oh wow! Time. <laughs> and I got to sit to sit next to someone whose favorite thing it was, and like in the in the exciting bits, like he was clenching his fists, he was sort of <laughs> he was kicking along with with Alita. It was so great to like feel that energy radiating off him. Mm. Which I, I sort of imagine has been the case for many a Farscape fan. Oh uh, yes, I during think so the too. Uh, these these terrible periods where we just came off a cancellation after a season where a lot of people were a little bit iffy about that season because yeah. well mm. there was there was kind of a vibe that it was like attracting a new kind of audience. Well, was, that's what they were trying to do, wasn't it? Yeah, that you said like they were trying to make it a little bit more episodal and not quite so dependent on. Being aware of the entire backstory, yeah. And, Whereas uh, I think they, I think they did quite well. I mean, they they have been kind of reinventing themselves a little bit every episode, every every season. At least they had a a well planned out season arc. Yes. Uh, 
And like you said at the end of last episode, yeah, they definitely set up the next season in the last episode of this one. Yeah. Four twenty two was definitely a like, okay, we're gonna wrap up every the, the whole uh, stuff with the uh with the Scarons and we are like putting in a new cliffhanger for next season. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that was the, 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 the Farscape formula. I think David Kemper talked about that in the individual companion books. That they do a big, big blowout three-parter at the end. And then the very last episode is actually the pilot of the next season. Yeah. Sort of a taster of It probably of also helps go. getting the, uh, the uh, network execs, keeping them involved in getting the... Uh, if only that was the case here. Unfortunately, after season four, it was cancelled. Yeah. And that is why, instead of leaping to the, the sort of desperate poetry that uh, filled the internet when it came out, I've gone to the official source. And in fact, I've got oh a double whammy for you. I've oh, got wow. Issue, or as you call them, episode Two. 10 and 11. Two of them, wow. Of the official Farscape magazine, both of which were reeling with the news of uh, of the cancellation. Ooh, all right. Let's start with number ten. Yeah, Farscape's shock cancellation: the inside scoop from the show's creators. Free posters, official magazine, Ben Browder, Farscape's Crichton on the show, and much more. Farscape fiction, weird creatures attack Moya. Oh, I guess we're reading that one then. And the Dominar <laughs> Speaks, question and uh, Q&A with Jonathan Hardy. Oh, of blessed memory. Dargo on deck. Ooh, the old blokes issue. Prilot, Bracca, Rigel, and more. Ooh. I love the Bracca's in there. Like, yeah. gets mentioned there specifically. All right, let me see how I can do this without, like... Getting, oh, like, yes, that'll this. be interesting. We've got some cables hanging down yeah, here. We're, as we're, we're, tr- we're trying a different mic setup, so we, I need to get like some room so I can look at the mag and still keep talking into the microphone. Okay, well, without... this is something that we'll work on. Yeah, it'll be fine. So, it was a shock to the system. How did you find out that Farscape had been cancelled? Oddly enough, it was the second day of the entire season that I wasn't actually shooting. I got a message from executive producer David Kemper, and I didn't like the tone of his voice. I called him up and said, he said, it looks like we're not going to do the season. Okay, so they were actually shooting already? Hmm, okay. Maybe not. Uh, I might have misinterpreted that. I'd been talking to Brian Henson and Dave the night before, and they were like 98.7% sure that they were going ahead. Brian confirmed that I killed Claudia on set, who hadn't hurt yet. She was actually getting in the makeup chair. I didn't Aww. work again until the beginning of the next week. Oh, yes. Yeah, and this was during the filming of Constellation of Doubt, the one with the television. Oh, right, yes. Um, oh, maybe that's what he's talking about, yes. Yeah, that's quite possible. Because who is, who is it that's... That was Ben, uh, ben Browder. Ben Browder, all right. Who was being uh, interviewed here. Farscape the movie! Which, uh, with the TV show now over, will Farscape move to the big screen? Yeah, way to drop a headline to get everybody's blood pumping and then make it into a question. Just put the question in the headline. Ah, fair enough, yeah. Let's see, what are we here? Power is such an aphrodisiac. From Scorpy Snivelling Second in Command to Grey's uh, Snivelling Second in Command, Bracca's Farscape (laughs) journey has been a lengthy and surprising one. (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's unfair. Miklo Bracca is a, is a fantastic contribution. <laughs> Paul Simpson places David Franklin in our Aurora chair to discuss Bracca's sniveling journey. <laughs> wow. wow. That's pretty harsh. Yeah. He's, a little bit smith- he's a little bit smithers. He's, oh, we've got this lovely shot of him uh, with uh, Scorpius on a leash. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that that probably awakened something in some people. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it did, yes. Like, young, impressionable <laughs> people. Ooh, Dargo with Big Bertha, the big boomstick. Uh, oh, Mr. Sparky, he called it. That's the one, yes. <laughs> uh, ooh, let's see. What else we got here? More... Uh, 
more wonderful production shots from uh, Dargo. Uh, okay, so I gave you this this gift of these two magazines. So this one that you're that you're really enjoying, and yeah. second, which is both a blessing and a, a burden. Now okay. the blessing is that you get to choose which of these stories we read today. Oh, okay. Well, let let, let, me, let me have a quick look at the second one then. Yeah. So we have the uh, episode eleven, also with a free poster. This time of Claudia Black, by the looks of it. True Blue, Virginia Hay on Zahn's return. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. No, uh, she was in season four. Oh, of four. course. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, Farscape fiction, sexy new story from show writer Lily Taylor. Ooh. And oh, questions. And questions for Claudia. So, what have we here? More shots from the from the cartoon episode. Uh, Revenging Angel. Yes, they're using quite a few, a few uh, little uh, shots in the, of the, that I noticed here. Oh, awesome. Oh, uh, oh some lovely uh, shots from what looks like a fans- uh, Farscape uh, <gasps> cos- cosplayer. Oh, look at cosplayers. those cosplayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. We've got a... We've got a male Delvian, it looks like, or a Delvian with hair and, and yeah. a razor and a Dargo. Wow. Yep, and Sekozu, I suppose, yes. Oh, excellent. But Dargo, that, that, that was a lot of effort to try, like, try and recreate a... Uh, uh, yeah. A, 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 what, I can't remember the name of the Luxon, species. A Luxon. A Luxon, yes, thank you. Like, I'm sorry, I couldn't, like, for the life of me, remember what the name of... Yeah, um, like, you think you could just maybe spray paint a, a, a Klingon forehead Caucasian? I guess you can but get a long way with not, that, yes. It's not good enough. You don't get, the, like, the texture and the sort of the cephalopod. Oh, um, pardon me, cephalopod, I've been informed, is you're supposed to pronounce it. Okay, yeah. All right, here we go. Ask Claudia. What was the most challenging thing about being a PK chick? Aaron is physically strong, whereas I am. Uh, I lose arm wrestles with small chicks. Is <laughs> <laughs> the uh, answer oh, Claudia? That, yeah. What was the funniest moment for you during film and Farscape in the studio on location? We all used to goof around a lot. I cannot think of any. Oh, that's a boring one. Well, I mean, good for her. Well, I know, yes, but it's not a, like I was hoping for a good, funny answer here. Like I'm, uh, I'm yeah. just picking out a few answer, uh, questions with short answers. Yeah, the the, uh, the, the, the time when. Ben Browder tried to do the splits, and then the seam in his leather split, and oh, we yeah. all saw a little bit of Ben Ben Browder ballsack. <laughs> was he not wearing underwear? I've seen the video of that particular concert by Lenny Kravitz, where he tries to do the splits, and then his, the seam splits, and fair, like, he's not fair, wearing fair. underwear. Do you... You want to wear underwear in leathers, don't you? I would say so, yes. Otherwise, to quote that video about Batman... It really seals in the flavor. <laughs> wow. Ooh, a lovely shot of uh, Tantlani Tupu here. <gasps> oh, show me. Like, uh, oh, yeah, in full regalia. Yes. Uh, oh. Famous submission faces. What we have we more? I've looked for Crace cosplay. And here we have this shot again. Like, we've not like... Oh, the, uh, the welcome, hello. The welcome, Chief. <laughs> yes, how we welcome our community. The first meeting between uh, John and his and his future paramour, Aaron, I where mean, she's like yeah. scissoring his chin. It got off on a start, you know. Uh, what have we here? Oh, okay. So I'm going to have to decide between these two stories. Yes. Let's see. So we've got one by a newcomer, I believe. That was Yummy Mummy in the first one. And then this one, I, I didn't see the title of, but it's by Lily Taylor. and She's a story uh, editor. Yes, it's called Crichton Interruptus. Okay. And it's a sexy story? I don't know. I can't, I can't tell that from the... No, it said sexy story on oh, the cover, but I don't know about, about it, this case. Did it say sexy story? Oh, yes, sexy new story. You are very right. Mm, it does say okay. sexy story. And let's, but let I me, know that you're also a gourmand and you're into the culinary arts. So something called yummy m- mummy. Well, that's like half up your alley. 
Oh, the other one is called Yum. Oh, Yummy Mummy. Yes, hmm. it's a very memorable title. But maybe that's all there is to it. Okay. Yes. I mean, this. Okay. The Yummy Mummy story takes place in early season three. All right. By Josh Mapleston. And, it's a new name for us, I think. Yes, and the other one, uh, Crichton Interruptus, also takes place early in Season 3. All right, roll the bones. All right, I'm going to go for Crichton Interruptus just because it's a more amusing title. All right, awesome! Oh, and what have we here? Revenging Angel. I mean, this. I mean, I, I remember how hard stru- up you were for an uh, image of uh, John on his little uh, module ship. What? Actually had oh, yeah. I mean, this picture would probably have done quite well. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's really high resolution as I know. well. Yeah. That's an actual still. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone, uh, a little behind-the-scenes thing. So when we when we were starting so Farscape, like I was designing some 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 artwork and some some really cool stuff for, for, for Moya, none of it really fit, and then I wanted to do something like more fun and like get the rocket jockey from uh, Revenging Angel. But taking a screen grab, grab from that was actually kind of tricky because the... Um, the interlacing and everything, I guess. The animated parts were interlaced, even on the DVDs, which was super frustrating. Oh, yes. Uh, so we couldn't get them clean. So our friend of the show, uh, Claudia Schmidt, a German artist whose uh, book Mure, M-Y-R-E, uh, I've contributed to, at least the, the second volume that's uh, coming out sometime later, mm-hmm. had to draw it over. But apparently this whole time I could have just, like, eBayed a copy of this and, like, taken a scan of the... Okay, had, well, had, fine. Had, had you known that it had was... I, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, still, it's a, it's a cultural treasure. But okay, okay. We're doing Crichton Interruptus. Yep. Yeah, okay. The story takes place early in season three. We've got on the cover, John standing there morosely and Aaron blasting us in the face with a uh, 35mm Photoshop uh, <laughs> lens flare filter <laughs> that's been around since 1996. Well, I mean, it had to be. Uh, anyway, all right, let's see. Hey, you're supposed to start talking so that I can have a, I can live a little sit. I do that for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Erin had been on the hostile ship's tail for longer than she would usually allow. She could have been she could have easily taken the ship out earlier, but was enjoying exercising her superior flying skills, toying with the small vessel after it made an unprovoked attack on the defenseless Moya. Erin, Crichton calmed from the command. You've been out there long enough. Kill the flyer, let it go, and get back to Moya. All right, already, Aaron smiled, knowing Crichton had been watching her prowler as it effortlessly cut through space. Mm. She lined up the hostile ship and was finally about to blow it away when a warning light on her console indicated the approach of another, larger ship. Her attention momentarily distracted, the smaller ship uh, vessel made a hasty retreat as the larger, more ominous ship approached. Mm. Crichton, are you still watching? asked Aaron. Crichton moved quickly to a console. I see it, Aaron. Pilot, are they hostile or happy? Judge for yourself, Commander. A transmission is already being sent, Pilot responded. The heads-up display on the forward portal sprung to life to reveal the chief commander of the Zukai battlecruiser that loomed large over Moya. But if Crichton was expecting the usual ugly alien, this quadrant of the uncharted territory seemed to dish up at an alarming rate. He was happily disappointed. <laughs> for Crichton was to discover that the Zukai were a race of impossibly beautiful Sebastian warriors and Hirgoko. Oh, and Hiroko, their chief commander, was the most beautiful of them all. The small ship that attacked did indeed belong to their fleet. Hiroko uh, informed them apologetically they did not mean to scare the Leviathan. They merely meant to test the flying skills of the ex-peacekeeper, Aaron's son. 
Oh. Hiroko, that's actually a Japanese name. Although it's not... Hiroko? Uh, yeah. Hiro- Hiroko, yeah. Although it's not spelled with an apostrophe in the middle, but... Yeah. Yeah, which is usually used to indicate a glottal stop, so yeah. Hiroko. Yeah. But it's Spacey Wacy, and like Spacey Wacy writers just tend right. to just drop them in wherever because it looks cool. There's actually a, uh, in one of Neil Stevenson's books, mm-hmm. there's actually a little bitch slap from one character to the other about that. Like the, when, they're, when they're talking about like a, 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 a MMO uh, game. Yes. And they're like, yeah, at one point, like, they actually bring a linguist in and like, oh, yes, ah, uh, yes, of course. And he says exactly the same thing. Usually an apostrophe just, like, indicates a glottal stop. But, like, yes, like, you just throw them around to make names sound more exotic. And exactly. You like- sprinkle <laughs> them around and, and, and make them sound more interesting. Then again, I, I a while back saw Picard season one, the, the Star Trek spinoff. Mm-hmm. There was a character introduced one time, uh, a, a guest scientist from Trill Polytechnic, who just had a very plausibly complicated name. And this was like... Uh, with some interesting like characters to separate the first R from the second R. So mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't just Nashima, it was Nashima. Yeah. And I just love like the idea that, or I just love the edit, edit, edit. And I just love that science fiction is dishing up names that are just different, like not, not purposely exotic or whatever because like lots of different cultures have different naming practices and some of them are yeah. longer and some of them are shorter and some of them are mononymic like the the Vulcans and some of them are very uh, syllabic fair point yeah all right let's see we were uh, somewhere oh i think it was even my point. it's your turn yeah and so despite protests from almost all aboard moya aaron accompanied by Crichton, rigel and stark accepted an invitation to visit the zukai ship Crichton insisted he was going to look out for Aaron, though he couldn't help but feel an unnatural pull towards the vessel. Ooh, the face of Hiroko haunting his very being. They must be super hot. I guess so. Now I'm, like, thinking, like, what kind of voice am I going to do for Hiroko? <laughs> uh, yeah, no pronouns been given, so let's uh, just... Oh, has, have they not? No, I guess not. No. Uh, just that they're very Wherever you want to go. Uh, oh, yeah. What's your... Hey, do your sexiest voice, uh, whatever that means. Well, that means I would probably be leaning into the microphone. Welcome, Aaron Sun. Oh. <laughs> Here, Oko beamed. Ignoring Aaron's uh, crewmates. We had heard of a renegade peacekeeper pilot in the uncharted territories. Oh, shivers, mate. Shivers. Ex-peacekeeper. Aaron corrected her. Her. Okay. So, mm-hmm. smoky voice. Yes. Ex-peacekeeper. A star prowler pilot uh, under the command of Captain Blyza, uh, Bly, uh, Bylar Crace, deemed irreversibly contaminated after her prolonged contact with the escaped prisoners. Mm. After helping the prisoners to escape a second time, she joined the band of renegades to venture into the uncharted territories. Ew. So the rumours are true. Okay. When you say it like that, venture into the uncharted territories takes on a very different connotation. It's <laughs> kind of going for that. Uh, you seem to know a lot about us, offered Crichton. We're honoured. To what do we owe the pleasure? Crichton was putting on his best southern boy charm. Oh, wow. I wasn't even exaggerating. <laughs> Here Oko seemed to take no notice, directing her answers only to Aaron. We are a peaceful race. Forced by cycles of unwarranted attacks from the chariots into abandoning our home planet. Oh. The ship is now our home, but it cannot sustain us. The chariots grow fat and lazy on the fruit of our planet. We intend to take back what is ours. Chariots! <laughs> exclaimed Stark. 
Do, did you appreciate my pitch-perfect Stark oh, yes. impersonation? <laughs> yeah. As he poked at Rigel. Despicable race, spat Rigel. Any mention of these horrendous creatures bitter to his tongue. My sympathies are with you. Mm. Thank you, Domina, Hiroko said, finally acknowledging the other's presence. I know of the great loss that the Hynerian race has suffered at the hands of our common enemy. I'm sorry, interrupted Eren, but... What does this have to do with me? As you know from our encounter with... Edit, edit, edit. As you know from your encounter with our scout vessel, our combat pilot's abilities are somewhat limited. If we attacked the chariots from the air, we would quickly be outmaneuvered and destroyed. We have spent many cycles amassing the technology and hardware acquired to defeat the chariots. Only now we need the experience. This is Galaxy Quest! Pretty much, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry, that was my yep, yep. Uh, And that's where Aaron comes in, said Crichton. Yes, Hiroko replied, smiling so beatifically that Crichton felt himself quivering. Oh, quiver, Crichton, quiver. In exchange for training our pilots, Aaron soon will be in command of a battalion of a thousand vessels, a position that as a pilot in the ranks of the peacekeepers, she could only ever have dreamed. Is that something that, like, pilots want? I mean, I guess it's like, it depends on what you want. Like, do you want to become a manager or not? Or do you just want to be a pilot? I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, like, look at Maverick. You know, he just wants to be. Yeah. A, he just wants to be a bloody pilot. He doesn't want to be a manager. He doesn't want to be a commander. It's like because they're almost antithetical, like uh, yeah. uh, desires. Like I mean, the, sometimes they age out of that, but you know. oh, of course, and and, and our experiences change yeah. our personality. But a person whose ultimate goal is to be an administrator in an office, who with a flick of their pen is responsible for thousands of people. Do they pursue a career where you have to sit alone in a very noisy box? I wouldn't think so, no. All right, you've got to just love the little box. Aaron betrayed no change in her expression, but Crichton knew that what Hiroko was offering, Aaron would have traded anything to achieve. Wow. Instead, he, she had betrayed her lover, Velarek, for less. But something about Hiroko troubled Aaron, and until she knew what that something was, she was not prepared to give anything away. I'll need time to think about it, she finally responded. Hiroko relaxed, knowing the dispossessed peacekeeper uh, would easily be won over. Hmm. Of course. <laughs> Please let us show you around a ship <laughs> so you can judge for yourself what we, uh, and we are an honourable race, she said, as she mentioned for them to exit the chamber. The Zokai ship was a grand vessel comprised of a vast cathedral-like chambers, almost as beautiful as the myriad of Zokai who inhabited it. They did indeed seem an honourable race of hard-working, peaceful souls who would have provided no competition to the violence of an invading chariot horde. Erin let herself imagine a life on this ship. Would it be any worse than the uneasy existence that they had established on Moya? And if their planet was as beautiful as Hiroko had described, maybe Crichton could be convinced to give up his search for Earth and make a new life with her. Erin now looked at Crichton. She had been expecting to be grilled by him about what her decision would be, but he took the guided tour in complete, awe-filled silence. It was unclear, however, whether it was the beauty of the ship that was distracting him, or their ever more alluring host. Even Rigel and Stark seemed smitten with Hiroko's charm. Aaron seemed positively forgotten. Ah, please. Hiroko gestured to a table of refreshments in yet another grand chamber. 
Crichton smiled. Oh, oh, thank you. That's so very kind of you. Yes, yes, you're you're very kind and and so very beautiful, Stark chimed in. Aaron had never seen such pathetic, simpering behaviour from her crewmates. She was confused as to why they were behaving thus, given that Aaron did not think Hiroko all that beautiful. However, Aaron's opinion was not sought, and even if it had been, would probably have been shouted down or totally ignored. "'My dear, may I serve for you?' offered Rigel to Hiroko uncharacteristically. "'Wow. I will join you shortly, but please start without me.' Hiroko warmly responded before exiting, leaving Crichton, Rigel, and Stark transfixed in her wake. "'You're all pathetic,' Damn right. said an exasperated Aaron when they were finally alone. "'She's just a female.' "'But what a female!' "'All of my wives don't add up to one toenail of her beauty,' Rigel replied. "'You're jealous,' Crichton exclaimed. "'Further from the truth than you'll ever know,' Aaron snapped. "'Aaron, lighten up. For once somebody has come to us for help, not to work us over. Accept it as an honor," said Crichton. "'Accept what? Accept her offer, you mean? Do you want me to leave Moya?' quizzed Aaron. "'Is that what I asked for? Or is that what you secretly want?' Crichton bit back." Ooh. Listen to me, Crichton. She's preying on you. I know the kind, Aaron almost pleaded. Rigel, sensing a quarrel between the star-crossed lovers, decided to take the opportunity <laughs> to investigate a stash of jewels he'd noticed in a room not far away. Mm. Surely a civilization of such wealth, beauty, and generosity wouldn't miss a throne sled's worth of those jewels. Rigel easily located the unguarded treasure and began filling every available space in his throne sled only to be interrupted by the arrival of a male and female Zulkai. He quickly retreated to the safety of a small anteroom to watch proceedings, and interesting proceedings they were, for the pair were becoming somewhat amorous with each other. I'm loving the language use here. Mm. Strange, Rigel mused. He had thought the Zukai a race of all females, for he did not recall noticing any males on their guided tour. The female was nearly as beautiful as Hiroko. At least she seemed to exude a similar attractiveness, dulling her suitor into a zombie-like acceptance of utter submission. Rigel was equally entranced by the female... See, like, as long as I keep talking, then you can have a little sip of mm. your refreshment. Mm -hmm. Rigel was equally entranced by the female Zoko when he noticed a ripple of sticky spines protrude in a wave up her long limbs. He blinked, unsure what he had just seen, but before he had the time to reflect, the female clasped the male's throat between her hands, held him up, and then in one swift move, ripped his head off. Mm. So, we're talking about uh, spiders here. Now fully transformed into a spiky green, oh, yet still go. strangely elegant, long-limbed, insect-like creature, the Zukai female threw the head away and then leaned over the remaining carcass and proceeded to eat. Rigel's audible gasp <gasps> caused the Zukai to look up from her meal and then with her head pivoting 360 degrees, it's a praying mantis, it's a definitely a praying mantis, scanned the room for the source of the noise. What are you doing? Hiroko admonished from the entrance in time to save Rigel from certain discovery. I strictly ordered there be no feeding until we have fully secured our new guests. I'm sorry, Hiroko. I'm oh, sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Hiroko. I was just so hungry, pleaded the young Zukai as she transformed back into her sebation form. Hiroko looked at the carcass. One of our own. Did you recreate first? I was too hungry, answered the Zukai. 
He'll be even hungrier when we no longer have the population to provide us with any food, said Hiroko. I wonder if they're a cousin species to... Oh, what was her name from um, Twice Shy? The the, 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 oh, the, 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 the black spider woman. Oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking about the uh, the bone eater, but no, it was it was early in season four, and like Chiana was soups into her, and she oh was sort of yes, 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 in her yes, 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 I remember her, yes. But oh. she ate everybody's like misery and, and chief emotions and their virtues. Yes. Hmm. Well, that was at least a much less physical way of yeah. eating people, I guess. But she also did the thing where she t- sort of transformed between like, yes. a, 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 a young woman very and quickly a, and off camera, I mind you. But anyway, that's true. Okay. <laughs> Then we'll all die together, the female coolly replied. Rigel breathed a short sigh of relief as the Zukai left, only to realise that they intended to lock the door behind them, leaving him alone with the headless corpse and with no way to warn the others of the fate that awaited them. Seems wasteful. Yeah. Apparently maybe they can only eat what's in the head that isn't in the rest of the body. Ah, yeah, brain. Brain. Yeah. Is that so different from... I mean, it doesn't even say what they're eating, they just like... Yeah, just uh, rip the head, maybe like from her me- cerebrospinal fluid. I don't know. Threw the head away and then leaned over the remaining carcass and proceeded to eat. So the head was not the object. Right. But then, like, apparently a carcass was left behind. So enough was not yeah. eaten. Seems wasteful. Yeah. Aliens. Aliens be alien. Crichton and Aaron, meanwhile, had reached an impassable divide in their argument. Huh. Typical. <laughs> Wow, that's never happened before. <laughs> the impassable divide that they always seem to reach in every argument. Okay, yeah, fair enough. If they could only admit to each other how much in love they were. Oh, oh well, now was definitely not the moment to have that conversation. Aaron had stormed out to look for Hiroko with the excuse of learning more about the Zukai's fleet, while Stark, noticing Rigel's prolonged absence, had gone in search of his little friend, leaving Crichton all alone which is exactly how Hiroko, herself now getting hungry, had helped to find him. Ha uh, ha, stammered Crichton nervously. Did Aaron find you? Yes. She's busy looking at our fleet. Would you like to join her? Again the smile. Or will you allow me to entertain you while we wait for her return? If Crichton had died and gone to heaven, he was sure it would be something like this. Stark, however, was not having a good time. Oh, no. It seemed that the more contact he had with Hiroko and her people, the more confused and disoriented he became, and the more confused and disoriented he was. The more conf- the more con- sorry, and the more disoriented and confused he was, the more concerned he became about the absence of Rigel. Mm. He was starting to think that Eren might have had a point about the too-good-to-be-true nature of the Zukai. After all, it was the usual experience of Moya's crew that everyone they encountered would eventually, in some manner or another, were completely frell them over. So he wasn't sure why this would be any different. Except that Crichton seemed utterly convinced about the honourable intentions of Hiroko, and, well, Crichton was usually the first to sense if something was wrong. Really? Eh, well, sometimes. Not mm. usually, but I mean, he's sure one of the more suspicious ones. Unless it's something that he considers normal and everybody else goes, no, no, that's a really common scheme, a scam here. Which yeah. makes sense, you know. I think also Pilot. Pilot, Except yeah. they mute him straight away before even the camera starts pi- rolling. Well, what does Pilot know? I mean, okay, I guess he talks to all the other pilots on the, on, the, on the secret pilot network. Oh, even without that, like, he just yeah. distrusts everything and he wants no contact with anyone. He's always afraid of everything. And very often he's right. Mm, true, yes. 
Maybe that fuzzy warm feeling he had earlier had fogged his judgment. Maybe he was running a fever. Yes, that was it. Maybe he should get back to Moya immediately. Oh, if only Zahn were still here. She'd know what to do. She would help him. She would know where to find Rigel. Oh, okay. Now we get to an exciting chapter that I did not take a very good photo of. Oh, so yeah. let you me want, see if want, I'm, I'm want, able to read it. No. You want me to take the... Oh, oh I, can, I can... It's a little bit fuzzy, but okay. uh, that's also my style. It's a little um, bit fuzzy. <laughs> this writing out here... You frelling loonstock, hurry up and let me out of here! Rigel screamed through the locked grate. Rigel, you're all right. I was so worried. I thought perhaps that you'd been attacked, left to die, left all alone. Stark's <laughs> usually constant stream of consciousness taped off as he noticed the Zukai half-eaten meal. Rigel, there's a headless corpse here lying face down beside you. He whis- whispered Stark conspiratorially. If it's headless, how do you know if it's face down? Fair. I mean, you can still. No, I mean, chest down. I guess nipples down. Yeah. Yeah. Best. I mean, okay. they know that which head, which way the head faces on these zukai. So, they've never seen a male one. It's the first male corpse. So you just assume that he's also the, if if it's headless, then the body can be nipples down and the head can still be face up. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. No, hold on. If you see a a, a, a torso sans head, yes, and a severed head sitting next to each other, do you call that a headless corpse? Or do you call that... A beheaded corpse. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to whisper, you Frelnick. He's dead! Rigel screamed in reply. Dead? Oh, dear. Did you kill him? Asked Stark. Oh, uh, not me. Hiroko and her kind. First they seduce you with their magic, then they rip your head off and eat you for lunch. Turns out they have more in common with my royal wives than I initially gave them credit for. Rigel mused in a uh, wonderful sexist gag that we all enjoy. Good job, Lily Taylor. Do you do you think the Sokai intended to eat us? Stark inquired, somewhat excited by the prospects. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, I, I guess we're into war. Yeah. Crichton and myself, definitely. You probably never, said Rigel gruffly. Not true. I definitely felt myself succumbing to their charms. I'm, I'm quite sure that I would have been eaten, Stark innocently replied. <laughs> Rigel merely shook his head. The poor soul was truly insane. No, he's just into weird stuff. Uh, he's a sex weirdo, as they say in Scotland. <laughs> and where are Crichton and Aaron? Rigel asked, not wanting to go any further with the previous subject. Oh, uh, Aaron went to look at the Zuka's flea to see if she wanted to accept Hiroko's very generous offer. I, I got worried about you and, well, left. Crichton's alone to wait for our return. Stark realised the implications of that, of what he had just said, and, imagining the worst, started to curse himself. Bad Stark! Bad, bad Stark! Stark, stop babbling and get me out of here, Rigel growled. Ah! Crichton ground as Hiroko's long fingers worked their way over his back. That feels fantastic. <laughs> that is how I would have read it too. A quadruple three... Dexeg stumble, however, Jubal H. But only one exclamation mark. The Zukai's reputation for providing pleasure is famous throughout the Uncharted Territories. I hope I haven't disappointed, Hiroko purred. Hiroko, I doubt you could ever disappoint. Again, that southern boy charm. Hiroko continued the massage, working her way down his back, until Crichton found himself getting slightly hot and uncomfortable. It must get lonely on your ship. Just the four of you? asked Hiroko innocently. Lonely on Moya? 
Oh, you gotta be kidding. Jewel never shuts up, and Chan is always bringing stray aliens on board. Oh, yeah. Pilot finds it difficult to leave, difficult to leave, and Dargo, well, he makes noise even when he's unconscious, said Crichton. There are others. Any of them male? Mm, Dargo, definitely. Pilot, I never really asked, answered Crichton, finding the question somewhat strange. That is true, isn't it? Yeah. Although, I mean... We know that the other pilot was referred to as with female pronouns and a pilot with male pronouns, so I guess... Yeah, but, like, did they ever, like, express their gender identity except through, like, just the assumption based on voice? Especially our pilot, Moya's pilot, current pilot. Yeah. Is... Are they the, is he the kind of person that would correct someone if they got it wrong? I'm, I'm using the pronouns that we, right. that we know. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I guess so. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe they're just so profoundly, yeah. like... Or guess, maybe the, the, the Babel bugs fix it. Maybe they just would, fix that, it. That would make sense, yeah. I mean, especially considering how complicated pilot language is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. It just doesn't occur to him that there's a difference, like those those aliens on Doctor Who. Yeah, which ones? That's, that, that's oh, not, they, the, those the, aliens on Doctor Who doesn't na- really narrow it down. The Sontarans, like okay. Strax, makes a makes a point of like, get away from her, boy. No, this is a this is a woman, and she is she is an adult. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Stop doing genders; it's confusing. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that episode. How right you are. How interesting, she said more to herself than to Crichton, the excitement causing her spines to briefly ripple up her supple long limbs. If Crichton's head could pivot 360 degrees, he would have at this point noticed this. I'm pretty sure 180 would have done it. But Yeah, exactly. 360, <laughs> you're facing the same way that yeah. you already are. So... We're going we're gonna to turn this company around 360 degrees. Anyway. Oh, if Crichton's head could have pivoted 360 degrees around the axis of her body, so if his head had oh, already been detached, right. maybe. Bull- bullet cam. Yeah. He would have noticed this, but he remained unaware that the Zukai was now getting very hungry indeed. And if he had been wearing his jacket instead of it being flung across the room in a fluster of activity leading to the aforementioned back massage, he would have heard pirate co- pilot coming. Crichton. Aaron. Please, you must respond. But instead he heard nothing. And so I remained blissfully unaware of the Zukai's true intentions. A little bit of copy editing was needed on this before it, it went to print, yes. I think. I noticed that as well, like a word instead of a wood. I understand, pilot. Tell Moya we'll return immediately, said Aaron, who, unfortunately, being unaffected by the Zukai's charms, was responding to, the, to pilot's warning. Your fleet is truly impressive. Tell Hiroko I would like to think over her offer. But first I must return to my ship, said Aaron to the Zukai officer who was acting as her guide. Now, please take me back to my crewmates. The officer looked around nervously, knowing that this was not what her orders had been. Aaron, sensing her hesitation, swiftly knocked her unconscious. Pepento job! Yes! Don't worry, I'll find them myself, she said, before looking around to make sure her actions went unnoticed. Oh, mama! <laughs> Crichton's screams echoed through the passageway. Rigel and Stark were sure they'd arrived, too late to save the human. Oh, poor, poor Crichton, what a horrible way to go, said Stark. You should go in and save him, you're smaller than a slug. She might not want to eat you. <laughs> Maddock, he's already dead. We should cut our losses and return to Moya, Rigel replied. Neither of you could save a Plakto, said Aaron, as she headed off in the direction of Crichton's screams. 
Aaron, wait. You don't understand. They intend to eat us, said Stark. Not us, Stark. Just you, she replied. And with that, Aaron entered the chamber to find Crichton in a rather intimate clinch with Hiroko. Hiroko's spines were now standing perpendicular to her spine, and she radiated a green hue as she began to transform. Crichton, of course, noticed none of this. So complete was his submission under her spell. She looked unable, he looked unable and unwilling to stop her as she moved her hands up to his head, clasping it as if an offering to an unseen god. Aaron did not hesitate. She aimed her pulse pistol squarely at the female Zukai and fired. Crichton, still feeling the effect of Hiroko's charms, was confused and still completely ignorant of the fate from which he had just been spared. "'Aaron, it's not what it looked like,' the human stammered. "'I decided not to accept their offer,' said Aaron before she calmly exited the chamber. She should have said, "'Sorry about the mess.' "'Yeah.' "'She was going to eat me?' Crichton yelped. Now safely back on Moya, the details of the Zukai's feeding patterns were being fully relayed to him. "'Why didn't you warn me sooner?' "'I apologize, Commander. It took some time to access Moya's databanks. "'As soon as I became aware of the Zukai's means of sustenance, I, I tried to come, "'but unfortunately you were unable to respond,' said Pilot pointedly. Mm. "'Crichton looked shamefaced as he remembered the closeness of his encounter with the flesh-eating female. "'You didn't really look like you would have cared if she ri- did rip your head off,' Aaron coolly stated. "'I would have cared. Trust me, Aaron, I would have cared.' Maybe not while it was happening, but I damn well would have cared later, Crichton responded. So do all Sebastian females have that ability to hypnotize men? Aaron looked confused. Hypnotize? Yeah, you know, hypnotize, bewitch, spellbind, entrance, enchant, ensorcel, he listed. <laughs> Miss, oh, what else do we have? Mesmerize? Mm, yes. Bedazzle? Oh, no. Now mesmerize is, yeah. comes from a person. Yeah. It have mesmer. Oh, okay. Yeah, the mesmerist. Uh, Aaron looks at him while deciding whether or not to pursue the uh, language lesson any further. The Zukai are not Sebastian, she finally answered. Well, that's good, said Crichton distractedly. Why did you ask? Aaron inquired. Oh, no reason, he responded. Hmm, Aaron mused. I was thinking about uh, taking the prowler for a spin. Do you want to come? She asked as casually as she could. Crichton felt a quiver pass through his body. You're sure Sebastians have nothing in common with the Zukai? Aaron gave him a cryptic smile before responding. Nothing whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lily Taylor started life as a mathematician, graduating from the University of Sydney with a Bachelor of Science. The next logical step from this uh, illustrious start was to go completely downhill. (laughs) A career in the film and television industry. Trained as a script editor, she worked on a variety of programs, including the animated Blinky Bill series and the one-hour medical drama GP starring Michael Craig, Okay, as well as producing numerous uh, short films for In Her Spare Time. Taylor was involved in all four seasons of Farscape, writing two episodes, Clockwork Nabari and Scratch and Sniff, as well as initially being credited as a story editor and finally as the associate producer. She resides in a terraced house in Inner Sydney with her husband and her dog, and is currently writing a feature film. That's a lovely bio. Yes. Clockwork Nabari and Scratch and Sniff, so she likes the weird ones. Which is Scratch and Sniff again? Uh, that was the one on the Pleasure Planet with the extremely troubling oh. exploitation of young women and the yes, weird yes. editing sort of process. And the fantastic alien with his... Uh, and, the, and the brilliant scene of Dargo and John waking up in the, in the window. <laughs> in tights, it's a good look. 
I'm just looking at this page. Mm-hmm. Try and find a set. Oh, there's a set. There's one set, the the pilot. But then the next is stated, then responded. Oh, uh, yes. And then there's listed, answered. Set. Set. There's good. a set. Yeah. Inquired, responded, mused. Yeah. Asked, asked again. Yes, 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 yes. Very much so. All right. So she's avoiding like... I mean, that like... Someone or the other said is like almost invisible when you're reading. Exactly, it's, it's fine. You can like you can fall back on that any time. People just like gloss over it. It's, it's, yeah, it just gets troublesome when there's multiple in one paragraph. Oh yeah, he's and then yeah, yeah, then you have to like get a little bit more complicated. I thought that was a great story. It was very much fun. So yes, thank you for joining us for another tales of the tormented space. Yes, we'll be back with you next week when we do the season four recap. And this is where do you remember how I told you that there was a blessing and a burden yes well the blessing is that you get to choose which of the stories we read which we have now done and yeah. the burden is you've got homework oh yes i would like for you to i'd like to offer you the opportunity to read these magazines what they say about the cancellation because i oh. haven't done so okay yeah uh, I'm, I'm interested whether there's anything that you that you learned that maybe we didn't already know okay yeah sure yeah i still need to finish editing episode 322 but i'm sure i can find the time to uh do a little bit of light reading in the meantime. 4.22, because 3.22 will yes. be a while ago. 4.22, yes, of course. <laughs> but yes, I'm sure we can get on with that. Awesome. Anyway, thank you for joining us, and we shall see you again next week. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. Bye-bye. So bye bye